It is August 18th, 2018, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. I am Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. How's it going, man? Good, man. How about yourself? You know, these uh, TakeOvers are something else, man. Every time, um, you know, especially with Brooklyn, they just really bring it. I think, I still feel like as a fan, I'm chasing that high of the first Brooklyn TakeOver. Nothing will ever be that, but tonight was pretty good, man. Uh, tonight was just excellent i thought it was great um you know i i loved everything on the show i uh you know we were we were talking before the show i was saying it'd be funny if we jumped on and we're talking about how much we hated it just to get a quick rise out of everyone but um and i i i loved it i i thought uh every match delivered in its own way and uh i thought it was one of the best if not the best really wow yeah I still think the first one, man. Although maybe maybe this is number two, you know. Uh, what was the main event of the first one? Uh, first one was Finn versus KO in the ladder match. Oh, Sasha, yeah. Sasha and Bailey. Uh, Breeze with uh, Jushin. Oh, Jushin Liger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, first one was, I mean, even the Vaude Villains getting the tag titles. The first ones with blue <laughs> wow. pants. Yeah, that uh, seems like a long time ago. Three years, man. And you know, that's the one I credit for me getting really back into watching wrestling on a weekly basis. And all has to do with the fact that I lapsed. I was watching that season of Tough Enough. And this guy I worked with uh, when I was at a network, Victor, was like, you should check out NXT, man. And I had my free trial, watch TakeOver Brooklyn. And after that, I was right back in. Yeah. 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 I mean, NXT is great. Um, you know, as far as the storytelling, the, the the way they build up the angles, everything makes sense. They, they don't just trade wins every week. Um, yeah, I, I I really like it, and the takeovers especially. I think they uh, I don't think there's been a takeover yet that's been on the same weekend as the WWE pay per view, where the WWE the WWE pay per view was better, right? Uh, no, I, between Brooklyn two and SummerSlam, when Finn won the Universal Title. Uh, yeah, I, st- I I mean that was I I thought I still thought takeover was better, hmm, if I okay. recall correctly. That was the one with uh, Lesnar and Orton, right, as the main event. I thought that was Survivor Series for some reason. Uh, no, that maybe. Was, uh, yeah, that was Lesnar and Orton. Yeah. Um, and Finn was the undercard, if I recall, if if it was that year. I'm getting getting a little confused, but yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, it all blends after a while, right? Let's yeah. see. SummerSlam 2000. Uh, yeah, that was with Orton. Uh, but I think the last match was Finn versus Rollins, because didn't they all come out, do the curtain call with Finn? No, no, Finn? no, no. Finn got injured, remember? That was, it was yeah. earlier in the show. No, but Finn still won. Lesnar and Orton. Was it? Yeah, and Lesnar was You're right. brutalizing so him. Last. That could yeah. be, yeah. Yeah, wow. Man, these things. That was AJ and Cena, right? They AJ and a, Cena, that was a good awesome match. match. Not as good as the Royal Rumble match, but uh, yeah. oh my God, this seems like a different world. Just reading this, that was when Jon Stewart interfered with the New Day. Who? Uh, Jon Stewart, The Daily Show. Oh, yeah, Jon Stewart, gotcha. Yes. No, not not the Green Lantern, John Stewart, yeah. for DC Comics fans paying attention at home. Uh, man, seems like forever ago. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, this was tonight something else. Uh, started off with a barn burner of a match, Mustache Mountain versus the Undisputed Era. Yeah, th- I thought this match was just spectacular. I mean, you know, this is one of those things I feel sad for all these guys because uh, they're so good in the ring, but... I don't see any of them really doing well on the main roster. Just with you see how Vince, you know, thinks and who he pushes, how far the revival has gone. 
you know, granted they're in a tag title match at SummerSlam, but it's on the pre-show. They're kind of an afterthought. Um, and I, I just, these guys are just so talented and Tyler Bate, man, he's what, 21? Uh, Tyler Bate, he's pretty young. I mean, yeah, I think he's 21 now. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this match just set the tone for the night, right? Good I mean, Lord. Just... 1997. <laughs> man, we started, I started wrestling Inc. in 97. I, he was born five days after my birthday. I could drink. I was just turned 21 years of age when Tyler Bate was born. Yeah. Wow. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was a great, great match tonight. Great uh, exhibition to start things off. Yeah. One thing on the pre-show, they leaked. I don't know if they leaked it or something they're going to announce anyway, but uh, it's going to be Trish Stratus against Alexa Bliss at Evolution. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. As I mentioned, I'm thinking my wife and I are going to go to Evolution. So tickets yep. for that are going on sale. Uh, the the first uh, tickets are going on sale right after SmackDown ends Tuesday mm-hmm. night. What do you think of that match? Uh, Trish versus Alexa? I think it'll yeah. be good. You know, I mean, I think I don't think it's going to be match of the night, but I think it'll be better than it sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think I feel like with Trish, it should be like with Charlotte or... Oscar, uh, someone that could just tear down the house, and I, you know, I just don't see Alexa doing that. But we'll see. What is up with Oscar? We're hearing that they confirmed it that oh. it will be Trish and Alexa at Evolution. So well, there we go. That'll be good. It'll be good. But uh, yeah, I just think Charlotte Flair feels like a bigger star, and it's a bigger match if it's her and Trish. But maybe yeah. they want Trish to get the win, and she shouldn't be beating Charlotte. Yeah. It's likely. I mean, I think uh, Alexa needs something to do if Ronda's going to win tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I thought that first match was really good. Uh, Just great technical wrestling. But yeah, I don't think uh, any of these guys have a long main roster future. I think this is, you know, I just don't know. You know, at this point, unless they do massive cuts, and they haven't been doing massive cuts on the main roster, like where is their room for all this? Unless SmackDown, well, no, SmackDown's not going to three hours. So unless they had a third show. This is what I, you know, I, I'm going to try to make the Triple H conference call after this. I, you know, that's a great question. They're, it's so stacked now. They got one hour of TV a week. It's almost like they got to expand to two hours or start doing the takeovers every month. Uh, you know, just every month that you have a WWE pay-per-view, do a takeover. I was thinking about saying, I was like, where's Street Profits? Like, are they even doing anything in NXT still? I haven't seen them, but uh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's just so much talent right now and they don't want to let any of it go. We see about them, uh, you know, all these, uh, rumors that they're signing people just so ring of honor, new Japan, uh, so they can keep there from being real competition. And yeah, what are they going to do with them ultimately? I mean, I don't know, man, they have the network. They could, uh, do more if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, as we've seen with a lot of these guys, once they make it to the main roster, you're kind of destined to be a, a mid Carter, unless you're. Uh, unless you got a great personality uh, or you're, you know, big, like a Drew McIntyre and Elias, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, EC3 versus the... So Velvet Street Profits were on NXT oh, TV yeah. last week. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. I thought... Okay, great, gotcha. So I'll have to go back and uh, catch that. Yeah, I think Street Profits are a really good gimmick. Always enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, Curse of Greatness, Angelo Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Finally getting over with that. Yeah. Uh, is he still wearing the two headbands? Or did he drop that? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, tonight, uh, Undisputed Era re- 
retained, and then we had EC3 versus Velveteen Dream. Wait, 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 wait. They retained, and then the the War Raiders came. Oh, that's right. Kicked the ever-loving shit out of them afterwards. Yeah. So... Do you um, think the problem with this tag division, let me just put this, I don't want to say all the guys look alike, but there's a lot of similarities between a lot of these teams that are in there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Mustache Mountain kind of, they give me that revival vibe. Uh, you know, uh, Hanson of, of the War Raiders looks a lot like Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're really good in the ring. Their personalities just aren't there. Um, Mustache Mountain looks like the revival in the Vaudevillains had had children. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Got to do something just to change it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel like there's many characters. Street Profits are at least characters. You know, yes. I don't think they're going to get a title shot. I think they're probably going to be the Enzo and cast of this generation. Chris uh, Jericho had a SummerSlam preview and he, he you know, and you want to trust anyone's opinion. You can look at Steve Austin, Chris Jericho. I mean, these are guys that have great minds for the business and Jericho, you know, he's in New Japan. He said, great matches don't matter. You know, people remember just the big things from it, but great matches don't matter. It's ultimately characters and, and personalities. And you need that. And so you can you can have these great matches every every week in NXT, and those fans are going to go crazy. But to make it on the main roster, you got to have more than that. Absolutely. Well, speaking of which, Velveteen Dream versus EC3 tonight. Velveteen Dream, in response to these rumors oh, awesome. about him getting called up, had call me up Vince uh, on the <laughs> butt of his pants. Yeah, I, I tweeted that Asuka should have uh, should get something uh, that says uh, "Bring me back, Paul" on her yeah. on her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Not just her. I mean, Bobby Roode, tons of people. Ty they Dillinger. need they need another show. Or NXT has to go to two hours. Or they need NXT to expand. You know, give it give it to, you know, FS1 for very cheap. At least get a national audience on it so it could grow. You can start increasing your live attendance and make it a real third brand. Because you get that even a little hot. You see how much money they're getting for Raw and SmackDown. If you could get that a little hot when it's renewal time, that's another, you know, let's say you get $50 million off of a TV deal for NXT. If they're yeah. getting 200 you know, for Raw and SmackDown per yeah. year. So. I know his uh, star has faded substantially in the last year, but uh, wasn't that Max Landis had an idea? I think originally it was for SmackDown, like you make it the exile show, essentially, where it's like you're not good enough for anything else, and you put them all in there, and that's the idea is that they're fighting for an opportunity to almost get out of it. I think if you can make NXT to where it's no longer like the step to the main roster, like that could be your destination, and I think they could. Um, You then you don't have to have all this great talent that gets wasted on the main roster because it's a different, it's a different thing, right? The main roster is more about personalities and promos and things like that. You see Finn Balor, you know, who's, who's fine, but he's not near the level of star that I think a lot of people predicted. Whereas you keep NXT what it is and just try to expand that audience. And then you don't, you you don't need these guys to go to the main roster. Oh, you have a strong, you know, third brand that's completely different from Raw and SmackDown because Raw and SmackDown are similar in, in so many ways. Or what if they did this? What if they did like a merger of like the original NXT and Tough Enough and put these these mid guys in there and legit have the audience like vote who gets dropped from the roster and who gets like, you know, redemption? You could. <laughs> I mean... Uh, that'd be an interesting show. You know, you toss all these guys, I mean, the Ascension on there. You know, Chances you just... are most of those guys that didn't make it are not going to make it again, you know, like they're, they're destined to, to go the same way. I bet you Ty Dillinger could win a season of that. But Vince you know? is not going to push him. Vince knows who he wants to push. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's what I worry about Velveteen Dream. I think it's he's going to get called up. I, I know I saw your tweet that saying he could go the furthest um, of the current NXT crop, or he could go very far, but I just think he's going to end up in feuds with No Way Jose, maybe Bobby Roode, and it's going to, you know, then Mojo Raleigh. Like. The, the reason why I say Velveteen Dream, of all the guys on this show that I think can make it the farthest, is because he does have that personality. Like, yeah. he does have the character, and that's what matters most on the main roster. That's why Elias is doing so well. So as long as he can portray that personality, and I think he does it great. I thought he did it great tonight uh, where he's really becoming that character. You know, the last few takeovers, I said he needs a little more seasoning. I kind of think he's there now. And um, I, I think he's got the personality to make it. I mean, as long as Vince doesn't have some stupid ideas to... <laughs> You know, have purple glitter all over him. You know, I've been saying know. it all along. Vince remembers the character Hollywood from the movie Mannequin. And he's going to be like, <laughs> I see him being like that. And they're going to make him super flamboyant. And in six months, he's going to be tagging with gold dust. Yeah. If they can keep him where he is now, keep that personality and not make him a, a caricature of himself. Like he's he's this weird breed of, you know, Prince and Rick Rude and at time, there are things he does that remind me of Randy Savage in weird ways, like with his when he extends his arms and he's you know spins around. Um, he's great. So as long as they don't try to make him a cartoon, because he, he he's a flamboyant character, but he's not too far that he's a, a cartoon. And if they don't make him a cartoon, he, he could be a top star. So he, of all the guys on the main roster, he's the one I see the most from. EC3 has got that physique that Vince loves. He can talk. He hasn't found that character yet. On, on the you know even in nxt i feel like he's kind of the, i mean the fans were booing him in this match they were totally for dream even though ec3 was the baby face so um yeah yeah, yeah i thought dream uh picking up a win here was good but yeah with the match not having any stakes and they've already gone before uh in that uk match yeah maybe dream's getting called up who knows maybe you know? yeah he, yeah um i love this match even though it wasn't it, the one thing with takeover matches and new Japan uh, is you, they kick out of a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. Lots of false finishes. Yeah. And, and stuff that looks like it could kill you. And that, that takes me out of the match sometimes when they, they kick out of something that looks like it could kill you. And then it's one, two, and then it's like, Oh, you're out. So then that means that ma that move was not near as dangerous as it looked. Right. When you kick yeah. out of stuff like that, uh, they were doing that in the mustache mountain match. These guys didn't really do it here. I mean, EC3 did kick out of the Rolling Death Valley Driver, which, but that move doesn't look like it kills you. But um, I, I liked it. It was kind of a straightforward match, not a ton of false finishes. They told a good story. Velveteen Dream just, you know, he he worked his character, and I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really solid. I, I, I liked it a lot. I didn't think it was the best match on the show, but it was really good for what it was. Yeah, and I think unless they're going to graduate him, I mean, oh, man, I want to see him in Ricochet again, you know, I'm talking about the next match. I'd like to see Ricochet and Dream just keep every time one of them graduates a level, bring the other one up for that title chase. So maybe Dream goes, uh, although I guess with Ciampa, Dream's not going to go main title. So yeah, I don't know, unless they have a plan for him, maybe he is getting called up. I think so. I mean, w this is the season, right? It's after SummerSlam, usually you, got, you get a few. Uh, last year after SummerSlam, who was it? It was Bobby Roode. Um, was it Elias? Elias after SummerSlam? Before that, Elias was before that. I felt like it was. Be, it was after Mania. There I was someone. So. There were a couple other people called up after SummerSlam, if I'm recalling correctly. But um, of the current group of people I see getting called up, Dreams at the top. 
I feel like they haven't done as many call-ups since the brand split. Uh, since the first uh, call-ups with the brand split in 2016. I feel like since then, there haven't been a ton, even like Authors of Pain, Asuka, uh, Sanity. Um, it feels like it's been more staggered as opposed to bringing in a whole bunch of new people at once. I mean, the Iconics came in after That's Mania. Not, I wouldn't say it's staggered. It's everyone's all, pretty much everyone's after Mania, right? Like all the people that ca- called up this year, was it was after Mania. Yeah, um, they just feels like well, sanity they held. Sanity they started the vignettes after Mania. Yeah, even though he didn't, he didn't, they didn't come out till a couple months later. But uh, it was the same thing last year. You, they bring a ton of people after Mania who get lost in the shuffle after a few weeks because they're not introduced properly and they just do the quick post Mania pop, and then they, you know, they uh, get lost in the shuffle. But then uh, after SummerSlam, they they do a few. They don't do near as many as after Mania, but they do a few. So I'm sure there'll be a couple. Yeah, yeah, like that fantastic Bailey call up. I think Shayna Baszler. I think going. she'll get called. Oh up. yeah, after tonight. I mean, where else do you go? With her? Well, you know the the traditional formula is to then do the rematch. Then the champion loses the rematch, and then they go. Um, so they could do that and wait till Survivor Series. But if they are looking to do the uh, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match at you know Evolution or Survivor Series, then it, now is the time to call her up. So well, you saw Heyman's tweet right tonight. What was that? Uh, him with the four horse women talking about their dominance, talking about Ronda. So I'm thinking they do the invasion, the call up at Evolution, and do a four on four Survivor Series WWE four horse women versus UFC four horse women. Yeah, you could. Makes the most sense. Yeah. Hey, it's man, not a match. You know, I'm not excited about it. Um, yeah. but-, but I think it leads, though, from there, then builds Ronda versus Charlotte for Mania. Yeah. Yeah, if you do that, I'm all for it. But, you know, uh, Marina Schaefer, Adjustment Duke, they got, you know, it it sounds like they got a ton of potential, but no one knows him yet. So it's really Ronda Rousey's and, you know, Shayna Baszler. And even Shayna Baszler, the main roster doesn't really know her. Yes. And you only know the names of all four horsewomen because you literally are in the business of covering. I've met met them many times. You know, I ran ran an MMA site and I'd talk to Shayna Baszler all the time back in Strike Force. Yeah. Yeah, I think Shayna's just this void of charisma. She's dominant in the ring, but man, if you think Ronda's wooden, like Shayna's, I don't think Ronda's wooden at all. I I think, I think her promos need work, but she's a great personality, and I feel like she's got a fire that a lot of people don't have. So I think she's she's been really good on the main roster for, especially for how little experience she's had. I agree with you with Shayna. She's good for how little she's been in the ring. Not great. She's you know she's pushed beyond where she is um but she's good she's yeah shana would benefit from uh Heyman. i think with ronda i think ronda's natural yeah. personality is good but they're trying to make her more of a badass than i think because she is a very natural baby face so they're trying to make her seem tougher yeah it, it doesn't connect with me yeah a lot of people like shana but uh and I do too. I mean, like I said, I think she's gotten she's gotten for how little experience she has. I think she's doing very well in the ring. But oh, absolutely, her personality doesn't do it for me. Her promos, even though she is a legit badass, when she, she's when she talks, she's it almost takes it away. It's almost like she's trying to sound like a badass, even though she really is, and you're not buying it because her promo is kind of bland. Oh yeah, and I fully believe Ronda, Shayna. I mean, they could take any woman in an actual fight oh, uh, sure. in the WWE. Oh, no uh, probably most of the men as well. Um, but 
Yeah. yeah, but it's just, you know, this is a business of characters. And I think that's that ultra dominant force. Um, there can really only be one of those. And maybe that'll be Shayna. But then Rhonda needs to be, I think, let Rhonda be Rhonda. You know, I, I think she's like Shayna, you know, Shayna just comes across like you, you really, t- you know, if you talk to her outside of the, the setting, she's a really sweet person, really nice person. I almost feel like you could almost have her like a Daniel LaRusso where she's just like this nice guy but you you, you mess with her and she, she can turn into a badass at any second i mean i guess that's not daniel LaRusso, but um. yes but when does vince ever go with that route though for a character i mean the, there's yeah. the i think we get the accidental underdogs we've talked about this before but i think vince doesn't script underdogs well because he doesn't know it it's not his mindset he likes assholes he likes people right. that are smart alex you know that that are sort of you know the bad boy bad girl that's uh his take on it because uh, i think that's how he sees himself Wait, we're still on. We're still on Velveteen Dream, and we're still on Dream and Dream One. Well, I mean, yeah, we uh, digressed. But but this is the thing about Takeover, and this is the thing about Takeover, like Brooklyn. The same thing as Take Takeover Mania Weekend is that you can't separate call ups from a Takeover of this proportion. Because when you have Takeover WrestleMania Weekend and Takeover SummerSlam Weekend, who wins and loses kind of gives you a sense of what's going to be happening with main roster call ups in the very near future. Yeah, for sure. You know, so for Dream, if Dream wins and goes to the main roster, that'll be a change. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, authors of pain. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of times when they do the call ups, it's people that are in the title picture. But yeah, you know, Sanity was winning before they got called up, right? I'm trying to think of the last takeover win to call up. Yeah directly i'm not nothing's jumping out at me i'm sure mm-hmm. there's one but because it is usually title matches a takeover so it's hard if you have an exhibition match a takeover like that alone is kind of rare there's usually you know two on the yeah. card yeah i was kind of um, surprised that ec3 lost her yeah maybe they're gonna keep it going you maybe. know i thought it was good i thought it was hilarious uh, in the build-up for the feud that ec3 through Velveteen Dream into a swimming pool, fully clothed. <laughs> it was like they yeah. they had to have thought, oh, Vince will get a kick out of this. EC3 has got a ton of potential, but he's he's kind of like in that Bobby Roode thing where he's kind of bland as a babyface. He needs to be a heel. He was great in <sighs> TNA. His uh, that know, last uh, that last uh, Feaster fired mm-hmm. uh, storyline EC3 did was great. Just watching that with every, I mean, did you see that one with uh, he's got a briefcase? He's so sure. That he's got the title shot and everyone's walking by with it. You're getting fired, bro. Hope you're fired. You know, I was like, it was a really, really good uh, storyline. I even enjoyed his last segment there. I think um, that's the thing, man. Are they going to take the time in NXT and let him shine for a bit? Or are they just going to jetpack him uh, to the main roster? NXT, they do a great job of playing to someone's strengths. And I think EC3's strength is as a heel. So I would guess that they go that way. Well, so... Speaking of which, so we had the NXT North American title match, Ricochet versus Adam Cole. And Real I'm going to say so Dream yeah. won after uh, he did he did the rolling Death Valley driver on the apron, then the brought apron. him in the ring. And was it flying elbow? Yeah, it was a cool move. Yeah. And um, so he won clean. Dream Dream looked good. I mean, he, he did little things during the match, like spitting the water at, at uh, EC3 and just little things that he just he just has that that superstar. Uh, he carries himself like a superstar. Yeah. And not like a, a rookie. Absolutely. So the NXT North American title match, Ricochet versus Adam Cole. I was watching the Ricochet promo before on the pre-show. I don't know if you watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what I'm thinking. They either need to stop scripting Ricochet's stuff 
or get him a legit acting coach, not an NXT performance center guy, but I feel like he's, he's 80% of the way there. But I think if he gets to a hundred, he'll be unstoppable. Yeah. His, you know, I was trying to, I was listening to edge and Christian's podcast that he, you know, they had him on and he's comes across the nicest guy in the world, but sure. so bland. And I love Ricochet. I think he is so amazing. The stuff he does in that ring that it's almost like maybe don't have him talk or very limited. You know, look at Ray Mysterio. Kind of keep it like that. Ray didn't do long winded promos, you know, short and sweet. Um, he, you know, he's this video game come to life. You know, it's like watching the Matrix movie when you're when you're watching him wrestle and just keep it at that. And maybe, you know, if he if he's not if he's not that, then go to his strengths and just keep it as this like you know, human highlight machine. He's naturally got some swagger. I just think that's not coming across in the promos that yeah. they're having him. Cut. He's got, uh, he's got the look he's got the He's beyond got the talent. Uh, this is the promos are just, ugh. Wow. but I'm telling you, man, Fox is going to see footage of him in the ring and they're going to see pictures of him and think this is a guy that's going to help expand SmackDown's audience when it comes to Fox, because he doesn't look like you think a wrestler looks. Yeah. You know, he's just missing a little bit. And I think he could be one of the biggest assets the company has. Um, that being said, this match was great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was, I mean, this was fantastic. I mean, there were, Adam Cole is so freaking good. He's got that. He's got that superstar aura too. And the personality, if I had to pick one negative, and it has nothing to do with the match itself. It's Cole constantly yelling, you're not special. And it got a little corny after a while, right? <laughs> they they do have, even with what EC3 <laughs> was doing tonight, it's just guys. Yeah, they're overtraining him to yell in the ring. You know, I'm going to say, bring Freddie Prince Jr. back. We need someone with experience outside of wrestling to come in and just give them some basic. I mean, uh, Freddie Prince has talked about this. He would do improv games with these mm -hmm. guys like they need some people at the performance center who aren't just from wrestling because i feel like their bag of tricks is getting overused a little bit oh adam cole could do it completely it, it's just you know i i think they're told at the performance center that you want to sell the story so you want to make sure you're yelling what the story is during the match and you know, alexa bliss has talked about it uh you know like one of the big things she picked up was talking during the match and yelling whatever the story is so if it, this story was Adam Cole telling Ricochet's not special. So he's just yelling it over and over to the point where it got cheesy. Um, someone like Adam Cole with his swagger and everything, just saying that over and over, just, I don't know. It just, it just seemed forced. Yeah. And I think that's how they have to think about it is this is a mainstream entertainment product. Again, they have more money than they've ever had as a company, you know, stocks at an all time high. It's like, let's just vary it up a little bit because uh, we don't want people to get bored. Yeah. But that being said, this match was freaking fantastic. I ha I'm having a hard time picking the, my favorite match tonight. Like, if I think this was it. I feel like Ricochet keeps coming up with new stuff. Like tonight, the standing drop kick that he did. I mean, mm -hmm. just every time I feel like there's something new that I notice him doing that I haven't seen before. And it's just so impressive. Yeah, it's just stuff that you don't think the human body can really do. And, and he does it with ease and smoothness and... He's just, he's amazing. And Adam Cole, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's awesome. He's such a, he reminds me of CM Punk um, hmm. in that he's a smaller guy. So he's facing an uphill battle once he gets to the main roster, but I think he can make it. 
just because he does have his personality down. He is so good on the mic and he's so confident that um, he just has that main event charisma. And now that you say that, I think they could think, man, what a great storyline it would be if members of the Undisputed Era started suing each other. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> That'll be how they break out. That too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I see Adam Cole going far. I don't see that. You know, I don't see Kyle O'Reilly and and uh, uh, it just looks like a group of guys. I mean, like I've said this before, like if you just put them in street clothes, give me a photo of them and a photo of the band Imagine Dragons. And most people, you know, even wrestling fans couldn't tell the two apart. Yeah, they look just like regular dudes. <laughs> They're not. I, impressive. Think Adam Cole does. I think Adam Cole stands out. Um, yeah. Grusfit 512 is saying that Ricochet reminds me of Ray Mysterio Jr. in the 90s when he was innovating new moves. And I think that's perfect example for yeah. sure. Like one of the big things that Nitro had that was getting a lot of my friends would prefer watching Nitro to Raw because of Mysterio and the mm -hmm. cruiserweights. And they never pushed the cruiserweights like they did the the main of you know the the heavyweights. Like it was usually opening match and stuff like that, but it did bring in a lot of new fans and it did open people's eyes to how talented these guys were. Where up to up until that point, the stereotype for you know, people that didn't watch wrestling was, you know, guys that looked like Killian Dane who were fake punching each other, and you know, that was kind of the the the, the idea that people had. And then they see someone like Mysterio, and it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But that was the problem with the cruiserweights uh, from 205 Live on Raw is that they they shouldn't have gone with TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick as the first headline feud. Ricochet has more swagger and charisma than all of 205 Live combined. Yeah, that's why I don't think he should go to 205 Live, even though he's smaller than he's probably smaller yeah. than most of those guys on 205 Live. But it limits you. You know, we see it. Yeah, uh, you watch an episode of 205 Live, it's great wrestling, and the crowd just not giving a crap. You have like four guys yelling, this is awesome. And uh, it just comes across as kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, even Austin Aries couldn't elevate it at that level. Um, I mean, Neville was really good, but I'm telling you, man, like, you know, with Enzo uh, for that brief period, Enzo uh, versus Neville, I think was the most interesting that it was. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, which, yeah, sadly, that was the loudest crowd reactions was when they had Enzo. You know, I didn't see any coverage of this last night. Uh, so did Enzo do the queen's uh indie promotion i saw on his twitter on the real one twitter that he did do that last night that appearance but there's no reports anywhere about what happened i'm pretty sure he didn't wrestle i think he's done wrestling that's what um, he's saying i think he probably did an appearance but yeah they i think they're very clear not to advertise him as as wrestling but um yeah i can look into that and we could talk about it tomorrow matt morgan will be joining us tomorrow he can make it tonight uh, yeah. and he'll be joining us on monday Awesome. Um, so yeah, Ricochet is the new North American champion. And I see after tonight, after that main event match, I wish this was flipped. I would feel better about the prospect of NXT going forward if Ricochet was the top guy because I think Ciampa and Gargano is great, but it's dragging on now this stage. Do you want your main title to be held up in the storyline that doesn't need a title to have stakes? If Velveteen Dream's not getting called up, you could turn him babyface since the fans are cheering for him anyway and have him and, and Ciampa. That yeah. would be something cool. Uh, Aleister Black was you know, out of action for this, so you still have that storyline waiting. I, I hear what you're saying. Like I could Ricochet at the top um, you know, would be cool, but... And attendance is up. I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll... I don't, I don't know if that's true. You don't think so? No, he Ricochet's been out of action for six weeks. <laughs> he hasn't wrestled since. So 
I don't know how you could attribute to Ricochet when he hasn't wrestled in. Well, wasn't that the story that he, that's what he, was in the Observer? And maybe yeah. two months ago it was up, but um, when they were saying even the local NXT loops that don't feature Ricochet had better attendance. And then how can you say that it's because of Ricochet? I sometimes think Meltzer just thinks shit and is just like, oh, this sounds, you know, this works in my beautiful mind-like brain. <laughs> He's a genius, but um, there are things, you know, that I I did not. When he wrote that, I, that made no sense to me. Yeah, he's like even the shows he's not on are up so because of Ricochet. It's like how do you how would you do it? what unless you know it's it's called like Ricochet presents NXT and his, his face <laughs> is plastered over over you know all over. I don't see how you could say that. I mean, I get that it's hotter now, and NXT definitely was not as hot for a while there. Well, you go through highs and lows, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of it depends on who's on top. Uh, unfortunately, I felt like Bobby Roode on top, uh, it was kind of ho-hum and same yeah. as Drew McIntyre. But I feel like with uh, Ciampa and and, uh, and everything, there's a, a little bit of a spark. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even guys, Ricochet, EC3, uh, Adam Cole. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Um, and yeah, so tonight was i mean interesting just seeing sort of the evolution of where everything is going uh matt riddle was shown in the crowd he uh just signed matt riddle it was expected exactly as expected everyone expected him to be showing up in the crowd uh, got a big pop uh yeah we'll see how he does he's another one he's really good in the ring but his promos and stuff are uh, not main roster stuff so we'll have to see i think he'll be huge in nxt but I could easily see them screwing him up on the main roster. Yeah. I yeah. hope I'm wrong. Someone's going to have to get cut to make room for these guys. No? Why? Because, I mean, I, well, I guess if you're just paying people to sit in catering every week. They did, you know, they'd rather do that than have someone go to ROH and New Japan at this point. They have, that, they have all yeah. the money in the world. They have more money than they know what to do with, so. There's no uh, motivation. You don't need to cut anyone unless it's truly like someone that's never going to make it. That should be the WWE show, just catering. You know, they should set up like challenges for them in catering and they get to earn a match the next week on TV, who, who can, put it on the network. Uh, they're, they're bad at that kind of stuff. You remember the first season of NXT? It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, now in hindsight, I mean, it looks brilliant with Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I mean, come on. No, it, 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 yeah. think about that. He lost ten matches in a row. No, it was it was awful. It like was awful. really? Like you you know you had this guy super over. Grant he he was bland as hell back then. But still, to have him lose ten matches in a row, that's what they thought of him. Yeah. No, I remember uh, watching that because I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like tough enough." No. Yeah. When we go through SummerSlam, I got to talk about those vignettes. The the Daniel yeah, Bryan missed up is so fantastic. Um, so NXT women's title, Carrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Carrie won that tonight and, uh, kind of a fast match compared to all these other ones. Great reversal at the end, how she did that flip out of the submission into pinning Shayna. Yeah. I, I missed a lot of it. Cause I got a phone call. It was, it was like 10 minutes and I came back and it was almost over. So, yeah. People calling yeah, you I mean, with scoops, I, SummerSlam scoops. It was a wrestling related call, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was quick. I, I, I'm going to rewatch it, so I, I can't say much to it. But I liked uh, the beginning that I saw, and, and I liked the end. It, I thought it was it was fine. Again, Shayna Baszler doesn't really do it for me in this role. I have a tough time buying her it, uh, her character, even though she really is a badass. As, as weird as that is, 
So who do they go to next? Does Lacey Evans get? Or they keep uh, this going for another? No, no. Actually, Shane is Shane is going to the main roster. She's got. Um, she has to at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't know who who's next. Dakota Cot. Oh, they can't have babyface. I see. I can see Lacey, and then you maybe mix in Dakota. Maybe it's a four way at the next takeover. Yeah. Maybe uh, Aaliyah gets in on that. There's there's some stuff they can do with this, but oh, I feel yeah. yeah. But um, I feel like uh, they've had so many dominant women having a babyface champ again, kind of opens up a little bit. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. And plus, with May Young coming up, and Evolution Ooh. coming up. You know? People saying Bianca Belair. That would be good. Oh, hell yes. Yes. Bianca's awesome. Are they playing her as a heel or a face? She's got a very heelish quality with, you know, with the hair, you know, flipping, you know, the, with whatever you call that, <laughs> the hair whip. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think Bianca would be awesome. Oh, if, if you were a superstar. Yeah. If it were a video game, I would choose her every time and I would spam the hell out of that hair whip move. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a heel. So um I think yeah. that would be awesome. That would be I'd awesome. That. That's the way to go. Yeah. Um, and then the last man standing match, Gargano versus Ciampa. Now, given that it's the last man standing match, tell me what you think of this. I know they did some stuff early on to get it going and kicking off, but didn't you feel like, okay, this is gonna go for 45 minutes? Yep. And uh, you know, don't you know, I'm gonna stay on Twitter, at least for the first 30 of that, because then it's really gonna kick into overdrive. Um <laughs> yeah i mean there is that um you look at the clock and you know they're going to go over you're going to go about two and a half hours so you kind of kind of you already got how much time they're gonna go in your in your head and um yeah i mean i think that's that's the one criticism with wrestling in general is the the formula with the matches whether it's new japan um wwe if it's a main event Actually, not not WWE so much all the time, but a New Japan for sure, and the the takeovers is first half an hour. You know, nothing's gonna not the, the finish is not gonna happen the first half hour. So it's whether you just go with it or you have that in your head, like all right, I, I can not pay attention right now and wait for you know thirty five minutes and then know that that's when it's gonna start finishing up. But that yeah. being said, I thought this match was so creative. I thought they these guys do stuff that, you know, with the with the production guy and then Champa, <laughs> that, that. that guy on top and then a chair. I, they just do stuff that you're not expecting. You don't know what they're gonna do. It's. I thought it was. I thought it was great. That chair move with the the chair to the head with the running knee into the barricade was, was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was it was just so great. I, I really liked this match. Um, I still think I like Ricochet versus Adam Cole better because there, were, there was a lot of this match that I felt like I saw in their first two matches. Yes. Maybe not enough of this match that I saw in the first two um, that it was still awesome, but I, I still preferred the Ricochet-Adam Cole match. But this was still great. I mean, this, this event was uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, you just have to keep the storyline fresh. And if they're going to go for another round now, do you think so? Alistair Black legitimately injured, correct? Yeah. OK, so they were showing all the, the vignettes with like the forensic frame by frame, uh, trying to figure out who attacked him or what happened in this match. I, I almost wonder if Black was originally in this to uh, get the belt off Ciampa so they could move on uh, with the title. But with Ciampa retaining in this, oh, I, I, I like. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> 
I like the end. I liked uh, where Gargano had him and then got cocky, overplayed his hand with that running knee, uh, and then losing to Ciampa retained. But yeah, man, it's like we've got what next takeover Survivor Series. Yep. Yeah. So that's a while. It's uh, three months. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, it's not too terribly long. Um, but I thought. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was. I thought that's the way you should do it when you do an when you have an injury, make an angle out of it. You know, there's so many times there's an injury in WWE, you just write them off. T- they're just not on TV. It's like you could do something with that, right? Or okay. you know, Dean Ambrose was injured, and they had it that it was Samoa Joe, and you know, they're never going to go back to that. You know, it's just kind of like he was injured, now he's back, and I don't know. I like I like the way they do it in NXT. Make a storyline out of it, so when they come back. You got that built-in story. There's a real life, uh, a, a, a real reason to do the feud. Yeah, I agree. Um, all in all, I thought this was great tonight. It's- oh, so he, um, after after the match, uh, uh, Champa was. Uh, I'm sorry, Gargano. Excuse me, was selling his knee uh, that he had dislocated it, and then the show went off the air with. The Gar- uh, Champa coming back out and laughing as Gargano was yeah. uh, being helped with. So they let that go a little too long. I was kind of expecting something. Yeah, you almost. Ex- yeah, that's true. It, it was like ten minutes almost from when the the match was over to to the ending. It's almost like yeah, when when uh, Champa came back out, you almost thought something was going to happen. You know what would have been there. the best freaking ending ever when Champa came back out? Mm-hmm. Candice LeRae walks out, kisses Champa, grabs his hand, and they walk off. Ooh, <laughs> that would have that, that would have been, been how you end it. Yeah, hey, then I then I'd want to see another. You know, their matches have been fantastic, but I'm kind of done with this feud now. Um, yeah, felt like it's been there, done that. Uh, I don't know if the big moment is still going to be Gargano winning the title, but I feel like uh, it'd tonight would have been the time night to move to do on. It. Tonight would have been the so. night to do I it. I feel like it's too soon. Champa <laughs> has so much heat; he just won the title. He won the title like a month ago. Yeah, but I mean, but transitional though. I don't think they really have plans for a great Champa reign. I mean, Maybe. he's the hottest heel they they have. Yeah, but he's in relation. It's like the Joker without Batman. Have you ever seen those comics like where the Joker goes to Metropolis and fights Superman, and you're like, this just doesn't work. I don't know. I, I feel like it opens it up to a ton of stuff with him with him there. I felt Alistair Black was a little stale on top. But I feel like with Champa, you know, I, like I said, you could do a Velveteen Dream as a babyface going after him. Uh, you could you could do Ricochet down the road. There's a lot of possibilities. I'm just seeing the reaction in our chat room to Champa hooking up with Candice LeRae at the end, and it's just like, yes, that's why it would have been awesome. It would have been so <laughs> twisted. Yeah. Why didn't they think of that? Uh, it would have given it a great other chapter. But yeah, with this, they've if they've got to move on. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I worry you take these guys apart from each other. You know, in these situations, it's like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's like KO has worked with other people, but Sami Zayn still has had his best feuds with KO. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, balance. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens next, but this was cool. Uh, can I mean it's not even will SummerSlam be better can SummerSlam be better than this with 13 matches I don't think so because it's 13 matches as a show I don't think it can be better there could be stuff on SummerSlam that uh I don't know I I think you take the top three matches here the the tag match um dream and EC3 you know 
I mean, actually, pretty much the whole show. I don't know what on SummerSlam can beat it, but it's a, but SummerSlam is going to be bigger. You know, it's it's going to have more of the storyline, uh, storyline. I don't know what do you call it, the big effects uh, going forward. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the other news before we recap SummerSlam for the. Right. 80th time on this podcast. I feel like we've talked about SummerSlam so much and it's just not making me more excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm more looking forward to Monday uh, to see what happens after uh, this Roman thing, you know, with Brock hopefully wraps up tomorrow night. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, let's talk Hulk Hogan first. Favorite topic of this podcast. Uh, what did you think? about his comments uh wrestlers not forgiving him just don't understand the brotherhood of professional wrestling let me get that quote so yeah. hogan's saying a lot of people accepted his apology um he was basically saying that um you know he apologized and he was sincere and it was not meant to be you know because he did his apology to the locker room and then after the apology he talked about how you want to make sure you're not being you know you got to be careful what you say because you're being taped by saying that stupid crap it made a lot of people think that the whole apology was like, he was sorry he got caught. And it did feel like that yes. uh, when, when you read about it. We didn't hear his actual speech, but the fact that people in the room thought that, and a lot of non-African-American wrestlers thought that. People, I've talked to uh, several people that were in that meeting that said that. Um, so Hogan then saying that uh, there's a brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> Poor choice of words, right? He there, wants it to go time. back to the way it was because when you're in the ring and someone is body slamming somebody or pile driving somebody, you protect your brother and make sure you're physically you make sure physically that they're safe. Outside the ring, you're supposed to protect your brother, you know. In this case, it's a situation where you know 75, 80, 90 percent of the wrestlers are protecting me. They're giving me another chance to move forward. But you know, there's just a few wrestlers that kind of don't understand the bond that the brotherhood of wrestling. If someone makes a mistake, you need to forgive them and move on and let them try to prove themselves. Uh, I think people are waiting for you to prove yourself, Hulk. Yeah. Um, I, he, he said, I just feel that I wish I could kind of have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people who really don't know me and try to maybe explain myself better. So more power to you if you want to do that. But he said it was a great day. But basically he's saying the people that didn't accept his apology don't get the brotherhood of wrestling. And it's like, man, um, I, I, Hulk Hogan was my, the, kind of the reason I became a wrestling fan. He was my first favorite wrestler ever before Macho Man. Uh, the Hogan-Andre feud is what got me into wrestling. So I, I, you know, as a Hulkamaniac for many years uh, before I turned to Macho Madness. Um, hearing this kind of stuff, it's like you're a dope if you know if if that's what you're thinking. If you're I don't know. You know what's funny about this? When this first came up, when we started talking about this podcast six months ago, mm -hmm. I, you know, again, was very skeptical about Hogan and very against him coming back. And all these people were defending him and tweeting at me all the time in our chat room. And just I was defending him. I'm yeah. not defending him, but saying, like, at some point he should come back because he is wrestling. But in the time since then, his, uh, his apologies and doing this, people just keep jumping off the Hulk train. And now I'm not seeing anyone really getting behind it. It seems that at least the internet wrestling community is just done with him. I think there's a lot of people that still want him back. And and look, I still think he should at some point if he does the right thing. Um, here's a guy who made 
every turn of his career, he profited off of African-Americans, right? Mm -hmm. Mr. T didn't make Hulk Hogan, but he made that WrestleMania one huge. He helped bring Hulk Hogan into the mainstream. You know, Rocky III did as well. But Mr. T was, it sounds like a joke now, but you forget how instrumental Mr. T was to helping with the MTV WWE connection. No, we talked about then. this before. It's probably it's probably 30%. Okay, so I mean if we're going to look at the rise of wrestling in the 80s, I'm going to give 30% of the credit to Mr. T, 30% of the credit to Cindy Lauper, uh, you know, and then the other 30 I'll credit to Vince McMahon because I think that Mr. Yeah, T You got to put Hogan in there. Well, no, 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 but what I'm saying is giving the platform. Hogan, oh, well, no, no, I'm just saying like in terms of what broke it and pulled it in because Cindy Lauper got them in MTV, Mr. T got them on David Letterman, like they brought it into the mainstream entertainment. So the WWE and Hogan, they had the raw materials yeah. Yeah. and they had Hogan as a character, but these other people opened the door for them. Yep. And then Hogan was dying out, went to WCW, was dying out. NWO turn. Yeah, you know, that was that was him. That was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Bischoff. Uh, but one of the biggest buy rates they did, Hogan brings in Dennis Rodman. He's mugging on the camera with Dennis Rodman constantly. They did that thing with him and Rodman versus Carl Malone and DDP, which is, I think, more successful than anyone would have expected. I think it was their second biggest pay-per-view buy rate ever. And then he comes back to WWF again. And, you know, what's the iconic memory? It's him and The Rock, you know, who's half mm -hmm. African-American. So he's benefited so much, you know, and to just say, I'm sorry, and then after that say, don't get filmed, it's a, it was a stupid thing to say. I think if he would have left it at the apology, it would have been taken very differently. But by adding that on, I think it was just stupid, and I think he needs to show more for it now. Well, and I thought about this. What is it he's not saying? Because did you? I don't know how much you listened to his interview with Bill after I'm about 20 minutes in, and I'm just ready to give up because he's putting himself over so much. He does not sound humbled. I don't know if you listen to the interview, the story about the girl in the hotel just the other day. And she said she always imagined me being her father and asked if I would be her father. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? This is not redeeming you at all. You sound like a pompous ass. <laughs> I truly do think he's sorry. Sure. He just needs to show it because, like I said, he benefited so much off of uh, African-Americans and stuff off the past and all those fans of his of different ethnicities races that he made money off of and it's different with Hogan than let's say if it was I'm not going to name a name but another wrestler right because they he made his career off of this American hero mm -hmm. uh, Captain America exactly and so when you profit off of that to that great extent you need to do more for it than another wrestler would have to another wrestler they could say they're sorry and that's and if they mean it I think that's enough but Hogan needs to do a little more yeah, and I, I used to not think that. I, I used to think his, his apology was sincere, but after him him saying the "don't get caught" part, then I'm back to he needs to do more again. And that's the thing. And it's you know again, you to be for Hulk Hogan to come back to wrestling and be Hulk Hogan and not Terry Bollea is to reclaim the title of former Captain America to be on that stage and to reclaim that hero worship. And he has not re-earned it. But in his apology, what do you want to hear in his apology that he's not saying? I'm curious your take on this. Huh. I, well, what I want to see is him doing stuff that's not in front of cameras that you hear about later. Um, sure. Where he's going to different uh, areas, talking about his mistakes. Because I think there is something that uh, there is something beneficial that could come out of this. Because not everyone is perfect, and and uh, the fall from grace and the guy who's truly sorry and and is really trying to make amends. Um, you know, I think it, 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 as long as it's sincere, it's it's something that people love seeing. I mean, people love building someone up and them coming down 
right? The media loves it when that happens, when yes. there's a big superstar and then they fall from grace and just crapping on them. And then they love it when they come back. Uh, and I think that, you know, Tiger Woods is a perfect example or, you know, there's, there's so many, but. Um, it, it's funny as an exercise after the locker room incident and him just talking about, oh, I didn't know it was being recorded. Watch what you do. I was like, what should he say? And I think I joked about this one night, but it's true. I actually wrote an apology for Hulk Hogan. I wrote, here's what I want to hear him say. I was going to send it to Matt Morgan and be like, dude, just tell Hope to say, you know, this, and it'll be a start. Um, but, and, you know, I haven't tweeted it because things can get twisted. But no, it's just, first off, how about racism, bigotry, and hatred are wrong? My words, thoughts, and feelings were wrong. There's no excuse for them. I think he said that. He's, Did he? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, as human beings, he we should we should always strive to treat each other with compassion and respect. That's sort of teachable, put it out there. And then to the wrestlers, as WWE superstars, we carry an even greater responsibility. Our fans look up to us and they are just as diverse as the world we live in. Then I got a little poetic. Never forget that we are blessed with the opportunity to bring people together, demonstrating the better of human potential rather than the lesser of our instincts. I'm sorry Dang, for my hateful words. I'm sorry for my hateful words and for letting you all down. I'm not asking for anyone's forgiveness, but rather a chance to prove that I am better than the man I was. Wow. So if you ever get caught doing something, Raj, I'll, I'll yeah, write something I'll, I'll, Definitely. But you know, it doesn't have to be that eloquent, but the sentiment of it, he's not communicating this idea that I did something really bad. Yeah. Everyone should think he's bad. He's starting to come across like he wants to do the bare minimum to come back. And, uh, yeah. Dude, you know, um, people aren't buying it. There's a reason for it. So that's on you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, man. It's just that he needs to demonstrate. And that's what I've said all along with this. The thing that really turned me when we started talking about this more is the people defending him and being like, oh, everybody says racist stuff. No, no, they don't. <laughs> right. And you should not think no, that everyone accessible. says things that they regret and everyone Absolutely. says things they don't mean. And everyone can be in a bad place, which I'm sure he was. Um, yeah, not racist stuff necessarily, but things you, you don't mean. You, you you know, you get in fights with your, not not physical fights, or some people do, but you get in arguments with a, a girlfriend or a wife and you say things you don't mean when you get heated, you know. Um, and, uh, but you got to be a man about it or a woman. And if you did something wrong, you said something wrong, you apologize, you make sure you, you learn from it and that doesn't happen again. But you got you to gotta show you're sincere. Yeah, and he's just not. And you know what it's coming off as, and I say this because I, I know people and I've worked with people that have narcissistic personality disorder, but that's how it's starting to come across to me. Um, just that he has no awareness of anyone other than himself. Yeah. You know? Uh, so this saga is not over. I'm sure Hogan's going to keep coming up because he's probably going to try five more apologies and charitable acts. <laughs> Uh, you know, before he finally stumbles on the real one. Uh, so with Matt Hardy, Matt's going out of action. In a Matt's while. out of action for a while. Um, yeah, he's been, you know, tweeting this stuff. He, the stuff he's been tweeting really read like retirement um, or his in-ring career is coming down. I mean, you've, you've been seeing the the stuff they've been doing for, for so long now. I mean, you're talking about Tyler Bate was born in 97. Uh, the Hardys signed with WWE in what, 98? Yeah. I mean, they granted they, they had matches before that, but um, when they became big stars, it was like 98, 90. So they've been doing ladder matches and these risky matches this whole time. 
And I mean, they did, uh, you know, ladder matches just last year with the the Young Bucks, or was that two? Was that last year's WrestleMania? They they came back or two years ago? Two years. Oh wait, was it last year? Not Should not this mean, past WrestleMania, but last year and a half ago. Year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Ago. So, um, I mean, they've been wrestling a, a hard a hard style, a, a painful style, and uh, you know, we we said that with Jeff Hardy. With you know, I th- I gave my Major League Two gimmick idea for Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, I, I almost feel like Matt Impact was the best place for him, and with the old ownership, you know, and and maybe with the new one, who knows? Because he had a very limited schedule, he had so much freedom with his character. It was so hot that the broken character and the stuff he did with it, it was so out of the you know outside the box, and and it was just it was great. Um, he was doing what he wanted. He wasn't on the road, you know, every week, uh, this, you know, three nights a week. So it, it sucks for him um, that that whole thing fell apart once Jeff Jarrett came in and they didn't see eye to eye and they had the big legal battle. Um, I'm sure they would take him back now, but that was really the best thing for both him and Jeff. I felt like they, they, they were making good money, being creative, thinking outside the box, reinventing themselves and not having to do crazy, uh, crazy, risky stunts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys have given it their all. I think if anyone deserves a break and with, uh, with Matt, especially, I think there's other stuff he can do. I mean, I think we talked about this before on, uh, the podcast, but man, I, you know, Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy should really, I mean, they could have their own promotion to shoot it at the compound and probably be miles ahead of anything else. Anyone else is doing out there. You know, they're so creative. Mm -hmm. They could do so much more. Yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's got a great mind for the business. So, and it looks like he's uh, it was in the Observer that he's been kind of uh, learning the ropes as far as being an agent backstage or producer. So, and I think he'd be great at that. So, it, I mean, it very well could be his career is over. He's rehabbing right now in, in North Carolina. If it works, I'm sure he'll be back. Otherwise, I could see him calling it quits and and taking a, a you know an office position. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think just giving them freedom to, to do stuff would turn out something so good. You know I mean? Look at the first, uh, things they did with the broken character in TNA versus the WWE version. And Honestly, so I'd like to, I'd like to see impact get him back. Cause I feel like he could help them. A, a Seriously. Lot. I don't see, Seriously. Uh, you know, WWE got 30 creative writers that, you know, ultimately all the ideas are shot down. So you end up doing the same thing week after week. That's what he'd kind of get stuck with. I mean, if he was an agent, that's different, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, man, so what else is going on this weekend? We talked about uh, Enzo doing that indie date that I guess he did. Hopefully we'll get some reports on that and updates. But he's done with the wrestling. He said that in the last couple of days. Yeah, so um, I think that's it. Let's just get to the SummerSlam, SummerSlam preview. preview. Let's use WWE math. Let's write this down and come back tomorrow and see, see how accurate it is. I bet you it's going to be near 100%. Uh, well, okay, so the B team versus the revival. B team's on that winning streak. Yep. So you think the revival are going to be tag team champions coming out tomorrow? Because yeah, the that... revival won uh, this past Monday, right? Oh, that's right. In the tri- trip. Wait, did they? Uh, yeah, maybe they did win in the triple threat. Guys, in the, in the chat room, we're going to need your help on this to remind yeah. <laughs> because it's hard for us to remember what that's happened. That's right. Because the leader of worlds, um, I yeah. think. Yeah, revival. Now right? I'm just confused. I don't know. I know the beat. No, the uh, I'm forgetting. All right. 
Yeah. So if the rival won, the B team's retaining. Yeah, the revival won. So B, that's <sighs> right. Or no, they did the triple threat, and uh, the B team won. The B team won. So the rival could win tomorrow night. It they could, could happen. Could they need win. to if they're going to take the tag team division back in a serious direction. That absolutely needs to happen. Hard reset and then go revival versus AOP and make it real. I think B team wins. <sighs> I'm going against the math. The math says uh, the revival, but this is one of those cases where Vince doesn't care uh, about the math. <laughs> but you know, we, we were talking about this the other day. I can't remember if you and I were talking about this. They need to take all the broad characters, AOP, um, Sanity, all the ones that, you know, the Ascension, put them on one brand and then put the serious athletic tag teams on a separate brand. You know what I almost think with AOP is you have Kevin Owens. I kind of hire him as backup. They need top heels. Kevin Owens, I, I feel like, has kind of been um, brought down several notches. He's just kind of looked like a chump during this whole feud with Strowman. But if oh, you absolutely. put the AOP behind him or something, then it kind of gives him a little, a little something again. And it gives the AOP something because they're they're just floundering right now. Yeah, I mean, big time. It's uh, kind of ridiculous. Okay, so I'm now I'm looking because so many people are talking about this. The results of last one, the B team did win, so it's possible that the revival could get this tomorrow yeah, night. Possible. Well, the math says they should get it if you could just go by the math. One would hope, but yeah, you never know. Um. Rusev and Lana versus Andrade San Almas and Zelina Vega. Um, so the math says, right, that uh, Rusev and Lana should win. They yeah, because Almas got the win on Aiden English last week. Yeah, and then uh, Vega's beaten Lana the last couple times. So yeah. I, I almost feel like Almas should win. Uh, just It's his first pay-per-view, right? Or no, he wrestled Sin Cara in the last one. But like a first Did real he? match. Oh, yeah, pre-show. Yeah, pre-show. Um, I think there's potential there, but it, you, you could have Lana pin Vega and then that way almost doesn't get beat and you keep it going. So yeah, I, it, Lana and Rusev. Okay. Daniel Bryan versus the Miz. Oh, we're jumping to the top. I'm going by Wikipedia here. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. You've got to go by wrestling Inc. We got an order. Uh, well, you know, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. You know, let's give it to Drew finally. And then come out and do a PowerPoint cel celebration. Cedric's a great wrestler, um, but he's kind of bland character-wise, personality-wise. So Drew, I mean, Drew, he doesn't do the PowerPoint stuff anymore, right? I haven't watched 205. He was entertaining. The PowerPoint stuff was a little uh, opening match, but uh, I think I think they need they need to change there. So I'm, I'm going to go with Drew. Hey, he was getting retweets from Microsoft, from the Office team. You know. There you go. Yeah. All right, Miz versus Daniel Bryan. The math says it should be Daniel Bryan. But if he doesn't resign, he so earlier this week, uh, Daniel Bryan says 90% chance he signs by the end of this week. If he does, Daniel Bryan wins it for sure. Otherwise, if Miz wins it, that just means that Daniel Bryan didn't resign yet. Do you think Justin and I are of the shared opinion they should keep it going and this should be the Hell in a Cell match, at least for SmackDown? <clears throat> he could. Um, I don't know. I, I, the Miz in the Hell in the Cell just doesn't do much for me. 
-hmm. think this rivalry, you know, I, I felt like that the video packages they did on SmackDown this past week did more for this rivalry than any of the angles they've shot in the last couple months. Yeah, it's it's a great angle when you look at cumulative the last eight years and edited packages. Uh, boots on the ground, though. Um, lots of peaks, but a whole lot of valleys in between them. Yeah. And honestly, I'm fine with it ending. Like, I thought it was great, really? but it's not like I'm excited for their matches. Um, I th I'd like to see Daniel Bryan, if he resigned, I'd like to see him move up and feud with Nakamura next for the U.S. title. Nakamura needs a new challenger. Uh, the Jeff Hardy thing's getting old. So uh, that's where I'd like to see him go next. But, yeah. um, you know, I think it's one of those things I've been saying forever. The Miz is great on the mic. He's entertaining as hell. But once it comes to the, the, the match, you usually don't care that much. It's not like people are – like when uh, they did the build with the Cena and, and, and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice – it's not like when that match starts, like, yeah, it's here. You know, it's this is really happening, <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I mean, it's more about the story than about the match. But that's what we were just talking about earlier, though, right? Like, you have the best match ever but without the story. I mean, sometimes you have the best story ever, and the match just needs to be. No, but the match, if it's the right personalities, the match adds to that. Like, you're excited once the match starts. I thought the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler two years ago, that was a really, really good match. The Miz doing a different style. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, he can have though. a good match if he needs to, but he lacks that credibility to where um, you, you buy him as a, a legit tough guy. I mean, wrestling is supposed to be the toughest guy, right? Wins. It's, but it's that's why Helena Cell, the idea that maybe when this goes another round, Miz needs to tap into that aggression and, and, to rebut Daniel Bryan's claim two years ago on Talking Smack, Miz is going to wrestle in an unsafe style because Daniel Bryan has pushed him to that place. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I you know, again, I think uh, I love the video packages. Uh, it, it makes it feel like it's uh, important. Once the match starts, I'm probably not going to care all that much until, you know, it's over. But uh, I, I think uh, I'd like to see Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan will win if he is resigned. And I'd like to see him move on. Yeah. What do you got next? All right. So oh, next we got Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Speaking of needing to move on. Yeah. Uh, Balor. Yeah. Finn's got to win this. Yeah. Or send him back. Or send, him, send him to another show. Send him to 205 Live. Send him back to NXT. Yeah. You know? um, Strowman versus Owens. I mean, Owens Strowman. Unless Owens does something dastardly. I mean, yeah. I mean, Strowman's lost a lot in the last month, but a big but here. They had Strowman win strong on uh, this past week. And it almost, I can almost see them feeling like they need a top heel. Like, hmm. who do they got right now? Yeah. Oh, here's how they do it in the media. Kevin Owens wins with an assist from Shania Twain. Oh, there you go. But yeah, so in that sense, like Strowman cashing in, um, it's kind of a heel move. And uh, you could turn Strowman heel again, but he it, he just turned babyface, you know, like earlier this year. So I could almost see gender interfering, causing a DQ, Owens getting the briefcase. That way you can have Owens with the briefcase. It's on a heel. You get a top heel again. He can even beat Reigns later that night, even though I don't think he should. Um, 
And then you, you have finally someone because you, you're just really lacking on the heel side right now on Raw. You got no one. Drew McIntyre isn't there yet. Um, who else? Lesnar's, who knows if he, he'll be around. He probably won't. Probably not. So who do you got? Yeah. Ziggler, please. You know, no way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that phrase. It sounds a little too uh, insensitive. <laughs> this day and age. Uh, no, I think... Uh, yeah, Owens would be good to put him there. But you know, you know what my problem with Braun is lately? The crowd is too into it. It takes away, like they're turning him into a weird sideshow, like dance clown, you know, just like, yeah, one more time, get these hands. It's just a little too uh, one note for me where I think Braun Strowman has actually had a fair amount of complexity to his character in the diverse situations they've put him in over the past couple of years. You know what Jericho suggested? Huh? Is Reigns beats Lesnar, and then after the match, Strowman attacks Reigns and aligns himself with Paul Heyman. Well, it could be okay. Give me something. But do you need somebody to talk up Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman, like, just look at him. He looks. I mean, that's your promo. Is just like put that guy in the ring and he's he, like, okay, he can talk. Him. He can't do a long promo though. He, he yeah. can't do like a fifteen-minute promo. So. Nor should he. Yeah, so it just adds an extra thing. Like you got Heyman with him. It's something different. It feels fresh because Strowman's been kind of running in place for the last few months. So it, it give him something. Great balls of fire last year. He should have become the champ. He should have. Yeah, absolutely. What's next? Uh, sorry. Um, Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day. <sighs> It's the Bludgeon it's Brothers. Not much math this. here because they haven't uh, squared off against each other. So this will have to go purely prediction. And they both won their matches on Tuesday. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go New Day. Yeah. If Bludgeon Brothers lose this, though, I don't see where they go from here. Well, it, it, I have the opposite thing. I feel like if they win, where do they go from here? Because they've kind of beaten everybody. There's no one left. So at least this opens the door back up. And. They can, you know, you know how WWE feuds are. They lose a the title. They're going to feud for the next two months. That's true. So that gives them something to do. So it, it keeps it going. And uh, I think New Day winning would be over huge in Brooklyn. And, you know, I, I feel like New Day's gotten a little stale. Like I've said so many times, I think Big E's a superstar. And I'd like to see him as a singles. But I think uh, New Day wins here. And this feud keeps on going. Yeah, we'll see, man. I think the Bludgeon Brothers have gotten better. I think when they switched to the green gear, that was the turning point. They still got those lame ass promos and, you know, they were so scripted and I, I just can't stand this gimmick. I love Luke Harper, but I cannot stand this gimmick. Yeah. Well, All right. We'll see. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy won on SmackDown, right? Uh, let me open up the SmackDown results. SmackDown. I'm pretty sure he, he beat, uh, or no, he got the better of Nakamura in their exchange. Nakamura wins this. It's too soon to get rid of, uh, to get it off of him. Um, uh, Jeff Hardy. I, I'm sure Randy Orton costs Jeff Hardy, and uh, Nakamura <laughs> wins. Right, what'd you think on Tuesday though? That camera angle of Randy Orton looking creepy behind the curtain, looking like he wants to shake someone's hand. <laughs> Have you heard anything more about that? Are they really taking that seriously? They're not going to do anything with him. This they thing just... happened, you know, it happened. Orton was a prick back in the day. <laughs> and uh, I think almost any wrestler would tell you that. And yeah. so he did this stuff back in the day. You know, he would 
what was it? He'd pee on his hand and or he'd grab his crotch and then yeah. want to shake hands with the writers and kind of you know make him shake his hand. So anyway, he would do this back in the day, and it came out again. And this story was told by Court Bauer years ago on a podcast, and it's someone uncovered it, and it's back out there. But WWE is not going to do anything about it. Yeah. It's like the Cedric Alexander thing, right? Him and Ty Dillinger. They made some stupid-ass rape joke tweets. Just is a joke, clearly, but it was stupid as hell. But they made it five years ago. And so it came out. They did a quick apology on Twitter, and, and that was that. Which is almost crazier, because at the time, wasn't Ty in NXT? I mean, or in FCW at the time? Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazier that the WWE wasn't paying attention back then to what was going on on social media with their talent. Yeah. Uh, not that it puts it on them, but it's just amazing that it took so long. It's just to hard on. to keep up on every tweet. and uh, I feel like they do now, don't you? Not really. I, unless it gets out. I think it's almost impossible. But I think people are a lot smarter now. You don't, you're don't. you not seeing as many stupid tweets as you used to back in the day. Yeah. Well, that's something. Um, so yeah, I could see Shinsuke retaining with this. I, I just feel like this whole feud has been so muddled, and I'm surprised Randy wasn't added to the match. And yeah, so I'm sure Orton does something, and he he's going to show up. He's going to be there. Um, they need to do something with Nakamura. He's done nothing since winning the U.S. title, and like I said, I think Daniel Bryan would be a great next step if he resigns. Yeah, yeah, uh, intercontinental. Because I don't think they want to put. Uh, I think they're not ready for Daniel Bryan to be in the world title level yet, just because of, you know, his past with the injuries, but I'm sure he'll get there one day, but I'm guessing they're not ready yet, but I think the U S title would be a good, a good stop. Uh, Intercontinental titles, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to go with Rollins. Um, yeah, I think, I think it makes sense. I think Ambrose helps out. Rollins gets the win. Dean and Rollins celebrate. I know a lot of people are predicting an Ambrose heel turn. I don't. I don't see it. I could see. I'd love. I'd love to see it, but I don't see it. Do you think uh, they're going to pick back up the Shield reunion that was aborted uh, when Dean got injured? Well, right now the advertised lineups have uh, Dean and Seth versus Dolph and and Drew. uh, Okay. For the next couple months, so. Um, I think Dean turning heel would be great. It'd give him a spark. I think he needs it, but. Oh, I don't think they're going in that direction. SmackDown Women's Championship, Carmella, Becky Lynn, Charlotte. Becky got the win this past week, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Carmella pins Becky, and the SmackDown Women's title stays where it is. It's uh, an afterthought. Oh, you think? Uh, oh, so Carmella retains? Yeah, Carmella. I, I'm I'm fairly positive Carmella retains. What do you think Becky and Charlotte are doing at Evolution? Hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe they do the one-on-one with Charlotte and uh, and Carmella and have Charlotte win the belt there. I still think the ultimate goal is to have Charlotte versus Rousey at Mania, right? That's the biggest match I think you could have for Rousey. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have Charlotte win the belt or you have her win the Royal Rumble and tra- challenge Ronda, who's the Raw Women's Champion. That might be the way to go. Um and have her beat Rousey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to that. But yeah, I think uh, given how this usually goes, Becky is not winning on Sunday. Yeah. I wish she was, but she's not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Carmella. And I think Carmella is just, I, 
again, should, should we talk about the Peyton Royce thing quickly after this? With oh, yeah, 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 sure. All right, we'll talk about that after this. Um, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. I mean, it's so going to be Bliss Ronda, wrestling, right? Trish Stratus yeah. at Evolution. Without the belt in the photo. She doesn't have the belt in the photo. Um, and Yeah, I mean, Alexa, well, but Alexa lost. Huh. And And let me preface this of some people in the chat uh this isn't who i want to win this is who i think is going to win i'd like to see charlotte win because i feel like she brings credibility to the title i think becky would too um and i feel like carmella doesn't right now they've got a lot of confidence in carmella though look how many times she's opened the show they have confidence in her but it's not doing anything for that title no one's like buying it you know what i mean yeah yeah um, she can carry a promo but it's that it's that nan and nana stuff which isn't like main event level heat while charlotte and you know charlotte can cut promos like a main eventer and so can you know sasha and bailey yeah yeah no yeah carmelo's cartoony i think alexa is a heel like alexa is just like mean and dark yeah alexa could you know is a lot more vicious i think um as a heel than carmella is more of a threat but um between alexa and ronda though i don't know i mean ronda coming out of SummerSlam winning that's the big moment right that's going to be what we see on the media, right? I think, yeah, I think Ronda has to win here. I feel like had then her having two title shots in a row and not getting and not being able to win the title. She's not, she's not an underdog type. Ronda is the dominant. She you should book her like a Brock Lesnar. She's just dominant kicks ass. And that's what she should do. I think this match shouldn't be that long. I think she comes in. Alexa gets a little bit of offense. Ronda tears her apart, wins. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that happening. What Shouldn't be you long. Yeah. You don't have to try to have a good match. It's Ronda. Keep her special. Keep her dominant. And have her destroy. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Real quick, what match do you think should finish SummerSlam? Should end the show? Roman and Brock. You think so? I mean, you have to at this point. I think the right? fans are going to crap all over. I would, I would close it with Ronda winning. Oh. Biggest star in the company. It's gonna be a short um, match. It's it's gonna be news. People, everyone knows Ronda Rousey. So hearing that she won a WWE title, it'll you know it'll it'll get some headlines. I I feel like that should be the main event. But in a thirteen match. Show. Okay, actually, I take that back. I think that AJ versus Joe should, but they're not going to. They just I, will not put AJ last. They have it in their heads. They had the perfect opportunity last month to do it, and they did Dolph going last instead of AJ, the world title match. So, yeah. yeah. So um, realistically, if I think that they're going to either end with Ronda or with Roman. See, I could see them putting AJ Joe for that reason though, to get fans to stay. Cause I think if they put Roman Brock last, people will walk. I think Ronda Alexa last. I don't see that match going more than 10 minutes. I don't see it more going to go more than five minutes. Honestly, I don't think you Look at Goldberg and Brock. That was what six, seven minutes, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, part and probably of the five minutes, three will be Alexa running around the ring, chased by Ronda Benny Hill style. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I would like to see Joe win this match over AJ. I think AJ is champion. Like this feud has been good. Um, I don't know. I, I think AJ's character is just lacking for me. I feel like. He's fantastic in the ring, but um, it has been a lackluster run. Yeah. And it, it's, I think it's more how he's been booked. You know, like I said, they would rather put an intercontinental title with Dolph Ziggler 
involved than AJ last. So they they clearly put in the fans' minds that he's not a, the top guy or you know kind of near that level, and he should be. He's he's fantastic. Um, I think Samoa Joe is a lot more interesting right now than AJ. I, I love AJ in the ring. He's over. You know, he fans champ for him. But again, it's it's like that Bret Hart. He's Bret Hart, not Goldberg. Fans don't go crazy yeah. for him, but they like him. That's um, that's pretty good. That that is, I think, very good comparison. Yeah. Of where he's at right now in the company. Yeah. And he's he's great, but yeah, I think the, the world title picture needs a spark. I think Samoa Joe winning it would give that, but I still I don't see that happening. I'm I'm picking uh, I'm picking AJ to retain. Yeah. And I think this continues, but AJ's going to win. Um, loved Tuesday Samoa Joe reading the letter. And that was great. AJ's wife. That was fantastic. I loved it. Um, yeah. I almost wish they would have done that a couple weeks ago, but it was very cool. It was different. Yeah. And then round four, Brock and Roman, right? It's funny how one. people are like, like Roman and Brock again. It's like, how many times do you see like AJ and Nakamura just in the last six months? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of funny. Like they repeat matches all the time, but when it's Roman and, and in this case, yeah, Brock's matches are pretty rare. So he's facing Roman over and over, but I guess this is the third. Is this the, since Saudi Arabia's no, didn't they face off one time after third, this will be their third uh, this year and their fourth singles match. They also were in fast lane and a triple threat with Dean Ambrose once year. And then last year's SummerSlam was a four way with, uh, and they were both involved. I mean, they've really at this point, their angle being that Brock does not care. It's, I mean, it's funny that they, they took, you know, what came first, the reality or the, the angle with it. I mean, I feel like maybe they've amplified it even more since that's what people are complaining about. I have actually loved the uh, the angles that they've done for this match over the past few weeks. It's gotten better. You know what I thought sucked? Not, not sucked. I, I take that back. But I thought when Heyman handed is this past Monday, when Heyman was doing that stuff with Roman, I was really into it. Like, yeah. I was kind of like, where are they going? And uh, remember last week I said with with – Paul Heyman crying and doing that whole promo. How I, I love that. And I was like, I hope it's not a swerve. Cause then it's just like, Oh, that was all BS. It's just typical wrestling. And then it all turned out to be a swerve, but how much more interesting would it have been if that segment ended with Heyman giving Roman the letter and leaving? And that's where it ended. Yeah. Or yeah. Lesnar still comes out and lays out both Heyman and Roman and leaves, you know, it, it, then you have that intrigue. Like, is Heyman and he, Heyman might still turn on, you know, turn on Brock. We don't know. Which goes against the Vince's narrative, though. But the other way, though, if Heyman pepper sprayed Roman tomorrow and then Roman overcame that adversity to beat Brock, that would be the crowning moment of awesome. You yeah. know, I think Heyman helping Roman win does not give Vince his new Superman. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've been doing this story forever that you have to. Yeah, Roman's going to win, I think, right? I mean, he, I think he has to. Otherwise, you've kind of neutered him because oh, time and time again, he's failed and then he fails again. So I think he has to win. Um, I just think it would have been a lot more interesting to leave on that cliffhanger. They, th- that's where WWE has been bad in so many ways is keeping a storyline just interesting all the way to the pay-per-view. And I felt like by having Heyman pepper spray and then it just turned out to be a way to attack Roman – just kind of it wasn't bad but it just kind of took some of the intrigue out yeah i agree with that 
Um, there are ways they can make it interesting tomorrow. Like I said, I would love if Brock just comes out and says, here's the belt. I don't care. I'm going back to UFC. Enjoy. And then Roman talks back and baits him into an actual fight. That would be cool. No, like, that would be cool. You know, they could do it a couple different ways. Yeah. I, I actually like that idea. I think that'd be very cool. I'm intrigued by this match. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, you know, for a lot of reasons, again, the crowd response, are they going to crap all over it? Like I'm expecting they will. Um, who wins? Does any does Heyman go with anyone else? Because if Lesnar's leaving, do they want to keep Heyman around? Um, it's intriguing in a lot of ways. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the crowd craps on it regardless. I think they can have a good match. We've seen it before. Both these guys are just physical, aggressive guys. I, Roman's underappreciated in a lot of ways. I'm not going to say he's underrated in, because he is pushed as the top guy. I think he's rated just about perfectly you know his promos aren't the greatest but he's uh, very good in the ring no as um, the booking and again i feel like we have to disclaimer this every time <laughs> he's very talented yeah. he's very good at what he does the booking and the way they've set him up has done him a huge disservice in the eyes of the fans and the way they script him i'd like yeah. to see them let the you know let the leash loose so it's, i'm interested i think I, i'm 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 excited for this match actually so I'm excited yep. with what they do, where they go, but I think Roman's winning. Uh, does Owens cash? Does Strowman cash in? You know, there's that element too. And it's about surprise, and that's the key. And that's and they've given us that so far. Greatest Royal Rumble surprise. WrestleMania this year, huge surprise. Yeah. Tomorrow, I just want to be surprised. I'd, yeah. There's a lot of ways they can go. I liked your idea. Yeah, um, something. But I feel that if it's happening, I mean, if if Brock is done and this is the last date they have him the like the belt has to go to roman at this point or else how does roman credible for another go round right. after this I, I agree and I, and that's why i think no one should cash in on him either because if you've been waiting so long to tell the storyline of roman beating brock for the title to just have it completely forgotten 30 seconds later just seems like the wrong move uh yeah do the cash in later do it in a month um but I wouldn't do it yet. Yeah, they're still invested in Roman. I mean, oh, for sure. They should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, uh, who, who else is really, you know, I, I always say Rollins. Clearly, they're not going in that direction. They, you know, so. No, Rollins, I mean, is clearly the, the B player in the WWE's mind to, to Roman. Right. Even though he shouldn't you know? be. No, he should be I, the. I think him, face and, of him and Brock would, I think he would have all sorts of momentum going into this match if they had moved him into that place but and i think and like i said before i think roman should have won money in the bank cashed in on rollins and it would have been a just a perfect thing you you still have Ro roman on top you have rollins and you have something really interesting but they, they, they didn't do it. remember two years ago when like finn and ko and Ro i mean all the guys that were on the top level and then finn balor as the demon won the universal championship at SummerSlam. what a yeah, different world they jumped we the gun in. on that though Finn well, hasn't been that over. You know, Finn is like, you know, we we're talking about AJ. Fans like him, but they're not crazy about him. That's how they've been with Finn. But I think it's the booking, though. I think when you have, you know, him getting dissed on the air, and they took away the demon, which yeah. was not always sure. his ace in the hole. I mean, they, you know, and they have him smiling like a, 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 you know, a thirteen-year-old teenager all the time. Because Vince messed with it. 
everyone loves a handsome guy who smiles go out there yeah. and kill him you know get him yeah uh, i mean He's laughing when baron corbin's making playhouse jokes yeah i mean it's it's bad it's it's bad bad it's like it's like vince is like oh this is you know a more attractive version of sheamus um but one thing lesnar is is booked for raw on monday night okay let's not forget that let's hope <sighs> something interesting happens ambrose turning on uh rollins would be cool um with with this i feel like with reigns and lesnar there's so many interesting ways they can go with it and i hope they do something interesting and not just reigns beating lesnar and that's it um, well are you hearing anything are there any rumors for anything that's gonna happen tomorrow i mean i'm assuming hogan's not going to be backstage given the way all this is being received but is there any rumor of anything happening tomorrow i mean it is SummerSlam. no with lesnar they keep his stuff pretty tight to the chest yeah. and uh you know lesnar is not like you know, getting on his cell phone and calling media outlets after Wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome if Lesnar was giving you scoops? I know. Like, oh, that was Brock. <laughs> and then like a person who's like a totally different guy with a real head for the booking, you know? Right. Like, Raj, yeah. guess what they're gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, there's gonna there have to be stories. When you retire or when people yeah. pass away, you you've got stories, right? Things that you're gonna be able to reveal someday no, that people would I'll never, never guess. reveal those. Anything that's ever been told to me off the record, I'm never going to tell. 20 years from now, the never. person's passed away for a long time. Never. Wow. Never. The never. Raj Giri tell all is never happening. Never. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. He's taking it to the grave. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So tomorrow, I just want to be surprised. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll... a good show. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the only thing that'll bring it down is the length and if you lose <laughs> the crowd because of how long it is. And then that, those last two hours are going to drag. So hopefully they they pace the show right. They the match order is correct because that's so important as we've seen. So tomorrow after you get done watching, what do you think is going to be? Six hours of wrestling? Seven hours of wrestling? Yes, the kickoff show is what one hour, right? Kickoff? No, it's two hours. I think. Is it? Or are they starting early? Let's see. SummerSlam. I'm going to open the WWE Network app right now. All right. Let's see. Look at the schedule. So I'm going to go. Two hours sounds right. Yeah. They got three matches this two hours for sure. So two hours. Then the main card is probably going to be four, four and a half. Which is weird. They have these long pre shows. Like, don't give me an hour. Well, the first no 45 wrestling. minutes on these pre shows is just Pete Rosenberg just yap, 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 yap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of tonight, that pre-show for NXT tonight was terrible. I didn't watch it. I I, I don't watch the NXT pre-shows because it's just it's nothing. Without Graves, without Renee, like it was it was bad, bad, bad. Uh, so here's the schedule, guys. Two p.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern, two hour pre-show, and this has to go until eight thirty p.m. Pacific. Six and a half hours of wrestling tomorrow. So four and a half for the main card and two hours for the pre-show. Yeah. And after myself, Raj Geary, and Matt Morgan will be here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast to talk about all of it. Yes. And then back on Monday. Yes. It's a long week. And tomorrow, if people didn't see the tweet, we got a new sponsor tomorrow. Tune oh, in yeah. for that alone. Yeah. You're going to love gonna it. Be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Should we talk real quick uh, about Peyton Royce or should we? Yeah. That? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. All right. So Peyton Royce. Um, so Dave Meltzer. On his radio show, he he made mention about uh, uh, how he preferred her um, back when she was in NXT, and you know she's had surgery, uh, you know breast augmentation surgery, and uh, kind of tongue in cheek said when she was lighter. Um, 
people took that to mean he was talking about her weight. I don't think he was. Now, maybe he was. I 99.9% don't think, huh? Talking about her complexion because she tanned too much? No, no, no. Talking about the boobs. Yeah. Like uh, he preferred her when lighter, as in she's heavier with the big boobs. Weird way to phrase that. Well, I think it was a, a it was a tongue in cheek way to not did, like if you listen to it. I think it's pretty clear that's what he said. Some people still don't think so, but I. But Milton apologist Raj Giri thinks that. Uh, I, I have no reason to. De- I, I'm a hey, look. I'm a fan of his, but I have no reason to defend anyone. Uh, you know, I'm big. I was a bigger fan of Hogan. And I'm not defending him, right? If someone says something, if if he if he said it, and I I took it that way, then I'd totally be uh, yeah saying that. But I I, I really don't think I, I'm pretty. If you go and listen to it, it sounds like he's talking about implants, and that he preferred her before implants. Um, which you know, again, uh, some people think that's wrong too. And and if you do, I'm not saying that is or isn't. But I, I really don't think he meant that he was saying that she's overweight or anything like that because yeah. that, that's absolutely ridiculous you look at her there's no I mean, she's got she's in fantastic shape um so anyway um he got a ton of crap i mean he was just hammered on twitter um so it's kind of crazy man like this trial by twitter age right now like you say something even if you don't you don't mean it a certain way if as long as people take it that way they'll just run with it and uh i don't know it's crazy well and i think specifically that's a hot button issue right i mean to talk about women and their weight seems suicidal um in any not not just currently i just think forever i mean and even with men it's probably not the best thing to do i mean you know we've talked about ko before and which is wbc yeah but it's tough because like um like sammy Zayn, right yeah he was clearly looking out of shape before he left before it was announced that he was injured and so it's like you're not dogging like saying he's lazy or anything, but you're like, he something's up because he's not looking like he's been working out. So clearly there's something going on, like an injury or something. It's not like you're body shaming him. It's just pointing out that, um, you know, and, and I know right now it's different with men and women and, and it, it's, it's a different thing. I have two daughters and I totally get that. Um, I'm more well, sensitive to that stuff than, than ever before. And we watch what we say, I think, in terms of our critiques, um, valid or not. I mean, we've talked before about fashion choices that people make. Right. Or we'll talk about hairstyles. or Because look is important as far as not not your what shape you're in. But like Bray Wyatt is a perfect example. I mean, he was husky Harris. He wasn't a star. But changing his look, his body and everything's the same. But changing his look, and then he looked like a star. Now, he's not being pushed right now. But he looks, you look at him and it's like, oh, that's wow, that's a, that's a star. Well, Meltzer's point, if it's what you say it was, is actually a very pro, uh, dare I say, feminist uh, point that WWE women should not need to get breast implants to be pushed to the top level, to be accepted as superstars. We've, we've said that before on the podcast. I mean, we don't go too much into it, but I know on Twitter and whatnot, we've, you know, I don't want to criticize anyone for their look or their life decisions. No, if you want to get, if you want to get them, get them. But I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, but I'm if sure you feel that's like your choice because so many women don't have them, right? But if you feel like you need it to get ahead and look at the article, look at what Deadspin came out with oh, about we don't how know that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, AJ Lee in her book talking about how she was treated by talent. I mean, it, people do make comments backstage to the women in the past. We don't know how it is in this era because no yeah, one currently signed yeah. has written anything. Um, and so if they feel that they're if they feel that that's the pressure they're under, I, I say that's wrong. They shouldn't have to feel that way. Um, but it, we don't know. We don't know the details of what goes on behind the scenes at that level. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, man. It's like sometimes you're walking on eggshells with uh, you don't want to say the wrong thing because uh, it's people get easily offended. But um, it can, yeah, like no one's going to get a, no one's going to give us crap for talking about a male's uh, a, a man's and we don't talk about women's physique in a degrading way at all ever. Um, but if someone is, looks like they're injured uh, with a man, we you know we could come out and say, "Oh, he's looking like he's getting out of shape. He hasn't been working out. He must have some sort of injury." We I don't think we can say that with women right now. Uh, I think maybe that's a little different, even to that level. But with Ko Fritz, we mentioned you know there's some weeks where his shapewear has shown not lately, and he actually looks like he's he's been in better shape lately. Um, but yeah, I think that. Yeah, it's just it's sensitivity to it, you know, and on Twitter, people do need to watch what they say because things can be taken out of context. We're seeing people dig up old things, um, old references, old jokes and some much. of the stuff. It's too much. man. It's, you know, and the problem with outrage culture is that you go so far and it swings back the other way. You know, and that's I think balance is very important. You should always pick and choose the things that you're mad about uh but it's but then again it raj we're two guys it's not up for us to say when a line is crossed hey, okay so i'm indian right um but well, I, mean, I was born in the states but I'm, I'm of indian descent um i'm not gonna attack someone that i know is not racist towards indians for making a stupid joke right uh, okay here, here here's my point people are, get outraged over someone making a stupid joke as opposed to people that are really racist and that are hurting the country uh, with their racist ideals and things like that. They're spending their energy. They'll spend their energy on someone like a Bill Maher making a joke as opposed to politicians that are running on racist agendas or things like that. You know what I mean? That are actively harming people. Yes. And, and I feel like that, that outrage you're finding a Roseanne as opposed to somebody that's really you know what I mean? Like that's really having why, a damaging effect. Why that's happening um, is because people felt before this election, like there's no way this is going to happen. And then he got elected and they're like, Oh, we weren't able with people that feel powerless to do anything about the president and what they view as his transgressions. I will hear me out on this. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're taking things that they can control or they can have an impact on and focusing their attention there because it gives them an outlet. It's cathartic. It feels I, I, like I don't think progress. it has anything to do with the president. I think it would be the same way so. regardless. Um, no, people just like getting outraged over silly things. It's just how it is. It's just the generation we're in. Um, I think that's it. I, I honestly believe that's it. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, on Twitter, and there are provocateurs on Twitter that that is their entire shtick is to have – because if if they're not promoting, um, if they're not fueling the the cause that they're supporting with more examples of the cause, 
Like mm-hmm. that's that's their base. It's like if you and I stop tweeting about wrestling tomorrow, everyone that follows us for wrestling is going to be like, why why are they just talking about all this other stuff? I follow them for wrestling. So if you follow someone because you want uh, to talk about issues of body shaming or you want to talk about issues about you know the the gender dynamic or about sexual harassment or something like that, if if that's what you're known for covering and you stop covering that, yeah. your audience isn't going to pay attention anymore. Yeah. Well, it's like. Let's stop getting on Cedric Alexander, James Gunn, and uh, Ty Dillinger for a stupid joke they made on Twitter. And go, if that offends you, then go after people that really did hurt women and that are, you know, having active jobs in the industry today. You know, not yeah. waste your energy. I mean, spend your energy where it can make a difference as opposed to being outraged over something silly. It is, part of- and I don't, don't defend their tweets. I think it was stupid as hell, but. They didn't hurt anyone. It was, there are people that really hurt someone that are making a lot of money in this industry, so. Well, and I think it'll be interesting, you know, as people said, even in 2016, likes and retweets and favorites don't equal votes. So I think for some people doing an online action is their level of commitment to it. The question is, what are you actually doing in real life to support people um, or, or work against people? that you know in a meaningful way beyond online and that's a totally different subject and argument but i think that that's why it gets swept up in everything it feels very easy to uh to passively participate in social media fake outrage is easy to do (laughs) yeah i don't know that it's fake though i think um there's a different word for it like you get caught up in it you know you get caught up in in the moment of it yeah fake is probably the wrong word but uh Yes, exactly. Getting caught up in outrage that really doesn't matter when you just look at, you know, just look at what's going on. Um, Yeah. And with Ty, I mean, look, Ty apologized, Cedric apologized. And I think people dropped that. I mean, there's a difference between that and what Enzo was accused of or some uh, performers that have had like legitimate things that got them blackballed, rightfully so. in in the Tammy bringing up, it's not fake. Some people are actually offended. Yes, I take back the word fake. It's just uh, outrage over words as opposed to actions. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of that right now. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, you know, this year, you know, even things, I mean, people still bring up what happened with the Moolah thing. Like, I didn't think I was going to care about that as much as I did. And then seeing that other people cared about it was kind of like, yes, we're right. WWE is wrong. And it's easy when you band together to have that level of support. And it elevates your passion for it, if that makes sense. And you know what, though, with the Moolah thing, more and more stuff has come out where it doesn't the most serious things that she was uh, accused of, that there might not be a basis on that. And we'll never know. I I mean, I don't think anyone firsthand has spoken out against it. And the one that did uh, her or she never said anything directly. A, A reporter insinuated it. And then her son was saying that didn't happen. So. Who knows? Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, we may never know, but um But yeah, I think the optics of the situation, you know, and the perceived insensitivity was what people first and foremost had an issue with. Man, anyone listening deep to this podcast is a real super fan of wrestling. Yeah, know, You've thanks, made it this guys. far into it. It's just like yeah, we still have most of our viewers still in. Really um, like Raj yeah. and I talk <laughs> like I wish Matt was here because then we could really get some other perspectives. Uh, but I mean it's like the Randy Orton thing. I mean compared to all the other shit that you've heard people doing do I think it's the worst story I've heard, not even top 100 about this business. 
Um, but I, I get was in a fraternity where that that's like nothing compared to the stuff I saw. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know guys that you know, 20 years ago, that's their type of behavior, and I probably would have fought it with something similar because that was the only way okay. that you could combat situations like that. They backed down just, when yeah. And people know? change too, you know. Like there was probably a, a back when I was a teenager, I probably would have found that funny, you know. Uh, and I, I don't now, but uh, you know, people change; they grow up. Yeah, and that, but, that's really the bigger question <laughs> that nobody wants to deal with is that you have to accept that society and culture have changed, and there are yeah. things that we thought were once funny or okay that we now understand are not. And it doesn't make us bad people for finding them funny at the time. The fact that we recognize them now is what is proof that we have grown and that we have attempted to better ourselves. And WWE, you know what? They've grown a lot. They've changed a lot. They've made a lot of steps in the right direction. And then they do a, a promo of Carmella talking about how she has a better body than Charlotte, you know, on SmackDown. There's no outrage on that, but that's a yeah. another. I see, I actually like the angle of her being like, oh, I'm proud just of taking the diva versus women. That for evolution to me really sets up some interesting angles. It that does. Go with that. Yes, for sure. If yeah. I hope that's how they're going because, yeah. And they like to draw from real life. I would, I mean, if, let me put it this way. If Randy Orton is on the pre-show tomorrow, I guarantee there will be a big joke where he shakes somebody's hand. Because <laughs> that is 100% he, he, he did a joke during uh, the ring entrances on SmackDown this past Tuesday uh, where he went to shake a crew member's hand while I think Jeff Hardy was coming to the ring for the dark match. So, Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one more thing we didn't mention. Elias is going to do a thing at SummerSlam. Obviously, I think Bobby Lashley will be involved. So... It's a lot of matches, a lot of segments. It's going to be a long show. Hopefully it's... Uh, hopefully it's <laughs> <laughs> Natalie just said, I hope Randy's finisher is the handshake. <laughs> That'd be funny. And, uh, he like smacks somebody on the chest and they pull out like a, a baby wipe and wipe it off. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a phenomenal level of self-awareness. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that would be something. Um, yeah, Road Dog should pitch that for SmackDown at least this week. <laughs> uh, cool, guys. So tomorrow, me, Raj, Matt Morgan, SummerSlam, brand new sponsor. You think tonight was epic? Or tomorrow night's going to be epic. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we'll yeah. be back here then. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, uh, if you want more of this, follow me and Raj on Twitter. <laughs> troll through the years of archives look yeah. for you know things actually I, for me you know what i go back and look i'm embarrassed at is that like i'm like oh amazing spider-man 2 was great and it's like what was i thinking someone uh, could use that against me yeah you know that'll come back to bite you in the ass absolutely yeah my, my stupid opinions of pop culture <laughs> <laughs> uh cool guys we'll see you back here tomorrow on the wrestling inc podcast take care Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
marketing, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.